0: Hello listeners, welcome back to A Pot of Their Own This is episode 102 of A Pot of Their Own I am Allison McCaig and I am joined this week by my lovely co-hosts Linda Serovich Hello Linda Hey Allison And Kellyanne Healy Hello Kellyanne
1: Hello, Allison. Hello, Linda. Hello. Hello.
0: So, um, I was go- this was going to be mostly a happy Mets segment. Now it's not going to be. But we can start with the good stuff. So, um, the Subway Series over the weekend was nothing else if not extremely entertaining baseball. Um, in addition to the games themselves being exciting and the final two being, you know, close, close games, um, there were some fireworks between the two teams. Um, because at one point, um, the Mets believed that the Yankees, the Mets believed that that Taiwan Walker may have been tipping his pitches and that the Yankees were relaying the signs from the dugout um, via whistling and the Yankees
2: Hmm.
0: vehemently deny this. Um, You can
2: hear the whistles on the replay. Just just putting that that
0: out there. You can hear the whistles. The Yankees (laughs) don't deny that. Uh, So, so Landy Peralta, the reliever is the guy who, is was doing it or at least like is the primary whistler. um the Yankees do not deny that he was whistling. They deny it was for the purposes of sign stealing. Um, so hmm. they, um, and like it caused some fireworks because when Francisco Lindor hit a home run, <laughs> not the last of his home runs, but a home run, <laughs> uh, during the game, he, as he circled the bases, he made like a whistling gesture at Gio Urshela in the Yankees dugout. Cause those two are friends and they, you know, banter. Um, so he did that. Um, and the Yankees took exception to that. Um, you know, because of course they did. Um, cause the Yankees are all about, you know, we got our...
2: to play,
1: playing the game the right way. Playing the I mean, game how the right dare way. you?
0: Our honor. We're the Yankees. We're perfect. We can't possibly ever cheat, even though the Mitchell report is like, you know, the Yankees. Um, so, you and know, that, that whole
1: letter was suppressed and I don't know, whatever I that mean, was. Yeah.
0: We'll get into that too. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but yeah, he made the whistling gesture just sort of as a, like, Hey, we see you um situation and then John Carl Stanton tied up the game later on and as he was rounding the bases he literally stopped running and said something to Lindor and I don't know what he said. Um but Lindor and Baez kind of like stepped to him and were like shooing him around the bases like get the hell out of here. Keep running. Um and the dugouts kind of they did their like posturing shit that they do where there's no punches with the dugouts empty and they just stand there and are like, um, so that I was love the thing. That. <laughs> yeah, it's so silly. And then like the bullpens come out like, yo, we miss anything? And by the time the bullpens come out, it's already over. Um, and uh, worth noting that uh, off-duty cop energy guy Brett Gardner um, did the like thumbs down gesture at Lindor and Baez um as like a taunt uh you know reference to the um thumbs down uh situation um but yeah the Mets had the last word here because Francisco Lindor hit a go-ahead bomb later in the game and you know the Mets won the game so
2: it's like uh, on Stanton and Stanton's one who ended the game too
0: yep as if if it couldn't get any more poetic (laughs) Stanton popped out to Lindor to end the game yes (laughs) which
1: was great. Yes. And other beautiful things. I'm going to break in with some breaking news right now. Marcus Stroman just struck out Tyler O'Neill, which puts us over the five K pledge mark for dollars for dinger. Yeah. Yo I'm bouncing if, in my chair right now.
0: Yes. <laughs> live on the pod. If, if I feel like it, which I might feel like it. Cause you know what? I got time today. I might <laughs> during the podcast draw our winner oh and announce Ooh. it but i'll do it during the second half of the show that's exciting um and i was gonna
1: say the two people i'm gonna give credit to the two people who put us over one of who is me and the other wait wait for it wait i'm for gonna it. give credit
0: to the people who put us over <laughs> me, one is me me, <laughs> and, the and one, is me.
1: <laughs> i'm gonna just say me i'm gonna give myself props and darren cormier
0: thank you darren
1: for- thank you darren and thank you me no i'm just kidding
0: Thank you,
2: well, Kelly. Every dollar helps. We wouldn't yes. have gotten there without the bush lights either.
1: Yes, <laughs> the bush true. lights.
0: Hashtag every bush light matters. Um, <laughs> so, like all me, the K's,
1: all the home runs, all the extra pledges, which are great.
0: Is and Lindor is the king right now, right? Like he's on top as far as the most home runs. Right? Uh, I yeah, I think it. that me, player, he's put him all. Yes.
1: Yes, he's, yeah. he is leading the pack at six. Baez is behind him at four. Alonzo is in third place with three.
0: Excellent. Um, and we've got some, like, and what's great is that Lindor and Baez are the ones that I feel like the ones that have mm-hmm. the most bonuses attached to them. And yeah. they're the ones that have yes. the most stingers. So that helps a lot. Um, I think Pete might have a few. Yeah, bonuses. Pete definitely yeah, Pete has, has a few three.
1: Bonuses. Okay. Um, oh, Pete has homers. He has total bases. And I think that's it. Yeah.
0: So we're so excited, you know, like we're not even or we're about halfway through. We're not even halfway through the fundraiser and we're already at five thousand dollars. So we're. Oh, my God. That's incredible our previous record for the national domestic violence hotline. So thank you guys so much. This is so great. Um, we're so excited. So to show our appreciation, we're doing a random giveaway, which is sort of a preview of some of our raffle items where we'll be giving away like a small bit of one of the prizes, um, just to a random, everyone who pledged is eligible. I'm just going to draw it at random um and someone will win um and if you win i'll dm you i'll also announce it here on the show but you, that won't be the only way you you find out if you won. i'll dm you um so that's really exciting um the mets have you know been hitting a lot of home runs since dollars for dingers started for a team that hadn't been hitting home runs all year long the offense did way no a little bit over the weekend against the Yankees it made for a very exciting series now I mean as someone who like I usually hate the subway series honestly like I avoid going to those games I don't like it I just like I'm a hater I don't like it like it just makes (laughs) me cranky like I don't like the Yankees I don't like losing to them which the Mets do more often than not But I will admit that and I would I would probably say this, even if the Mets lost that game on Sunday, um, I will admit that the exciting games between these two teams is really good for the game Um, because lots of people were watching it. You know, not just Mets fans and Yankees fans like lots of people were watching that game Um, and, you know, the game on the 20th anniversary of 9-11. Where they both had the New York across the chest, it was it was pretty funny how they did this like gesture of being united as Unity. One New York. and then and the then next day they were fighting. <laughs> um, but I feel like that's very, I feel like that's very Mets Yankees, that's very New York, like very it's New the York, spirit yeah. of very New York, how these teams operate and in the spirit of the city. So I, you know, it was a good Subway Series, um, and they so, took the series, yeah.
2: For the whole season, yeah. too. They did. Yes, they, won they won a Yankee Stadium.
0: They did. Yes. Um, did, I think
2: this is like the first time that I can recall them actually taking like the entire series.
0: Yeah, me too. And I mean, this was just obviously the the Saturday and Sunday games were both, were both really close and both teams played well in those games. But the Friday game. I, I said it, it's it's the worst I've ever seen a Yankees team play in my lifetime. Oh my like,
1: gosh. As far
0: as like an individual game performance, like I have never seen the Yankees play like that. Like they, they played awful baseball, like awful, I was sloppy, say, I don't terrible think, baseball. Didn't they do something say, similar at Yankee Stadium too? Well, they had a blow up, like the bullpen had a really okay. blow up. But like but this I was, was going like, to say, I've, I've sloppy, never... Fundamentals.
1: I want to say that was even worse than a lot of Met stuff I've seen. That was (laughs) just hard to do, which is really hard to do.
0: Like messy defense, poor fundamentals. Just like, and it
1: it, it wasn't just one bad inning; it was was, the whole game. It was the
0: whole game. It was the whole game. They committed multiple fielding errors, multiple fielding errors, and like that. That Gary Sanchez tag, not tag on Jonathan VR was the worst play I've ever seen a catcher make in my life. Well, you know, they
2: fired Joe Girardi because Girardi was always getting on Sanchez and he was benching him and, you know, calling him out. And they're like, oh, you can't be going after one of our star players. So they fired him. But Joe Girardi was uh-huh. absolutely right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Gary Sanchez is not a very good catcher. Um, no. Like, so I'm like, say it- what you will about James McCann, but James McCann would never do yeah. what...
2: Like, yeah. he James McCann has had a couple of nice plays at the plate this year. Yeah. He had that one tag on the, on the Conforto throw home that saved the game or ended the game. Like that yeah. was a really good play by McCann, too. So it's like.
1: It's yeah. insanity. <laughs> yeah, is what it is.
0: Yeah. Um, so that was like an exciting, you know, subway series over the weekend. Let's really we talk fun. about
2: the 9-11 coverage because that was awful.
0: I mean, I didn't watch it, so I didn't see it. I I was at a bridal shower before that game. I heard I like got in the car because Michael was recapping that game. So we had to like at least listen or watch like all the actual baseball that went on. So we were at a bridal shower and we got in the car to go home at like right before the game started. So we put it on the radio, but I didn't see any of the um, pregame ceremony.
1: It just—it was very performative.
0: It was, and it—it
1: it took such a solemn occasion to me, and comor- i see, I don't it commercialized commercialized it, yeah. it, it. It's to me, it was this whole this whole twenty-year anniversary of nine eleven felt so very weird to me. It's really the—it's not a good enough word. It just felt like it was celebrating it rather than mourning it and grieving it and realizing that what has happened in the 20 years since has been really, really damaging to the United States, um, to the globe on the whole. Um, yeah, I'm totally veering off now, but no, there I were, think this
0: is important to talk about th-
1: there were, I think it was Alex Rodriguez that said it, um, like he wanted like a bait, the baseball game to unite. Um, unite us and it's just like, okay, baseball can make us feel better and take us out of our problems for a little bit, but on the whole, it's not going to heal. We have to, there are so many other factors to healing this country and moving forward and progressing. And just, we lost 3000 lives that day, but how many hundreds of thousands of lives have been lost since as a result of that, with the war on terror, with Afghanistan, with Iraq, um, what's going what's going on really on the whole in the Middle East? So,
0: I think now that a baseball we're 20... a baseball
1: game a baseball game is not going to heal that is the right. point.
0: I think and I think now that we're you know twenty years removed from the event, we can afford to have a little bit of introspection about you know the events that have led us to what the world is like now, and be I honest mean, about s- that
1: and I mean, especially I think us as we were all kids to teenagers when this happened. Um, so I mean, for, for, me, it was particularly, um, affecting. I mean, I didn't have anybody directly in the towers, but I went to a school that had a lot of kids with parents. Most of them got out. Um, it, it I remember actually one parent drove str- after he got out of the street center, he drove right to the school to be with his son and the son was in kindergarten. So he's acting like a kindergartner and just screaming and being a brat, but uh, just so many. And uh, again, I was chatting with somebody about this um, the other day and we're really close to it, living in New York, living in New Jersey. I think as we get further away from where it happened, it gets less real. Um, pe- people become further removed from it, if that makes sense. Um, but I mean, just just for us growing up with it, it's really important to reflect on it because we're now inheriting the world that has stemmed from that. And it's it's a very troubled world. And it's a very... Damaged world that i don't know to, i i said it in a tweet last month that i think 9-11 crushed what little soul that this country had um yeah i have a lot of feelings about 9-11 i do well,
2: even you know I, heard the, I, I tweeted this too um now there's gonna be a bunch of people tweeting never forget like but You only cared about that because you could shoot somebody afterwards. You didn't care enough to put a mask on your face to save a child, to save a child from getting sick. You didn't care enough to get a vaccine to, you know, help your immunocompromised neighbor. Like never forget was supposed to be, you know, just see this awful, awful day. And do better. Make sure. Yeah. Make sure it never happens again. And that means, you know, treating your fellow humans with respect, and your fellow Americans with some respect, or just being compassionate. And there is absolutely none of that to be seen. Like people, and just, the way
0: like, the way we've been numb to a nine 11s worth every of day, every day mm-hmm. from a global pandemic, just goes to show that people have learned nothing. They've completely forgotten. Hashtag never forget. They've completely forgotten. Yeah, and, and, it, and it, I mean, forgetting. it's
1: and it's not just the pandemic. It's everything that's happened over the past twenty years, foreign and domestic terrorism. Uh, all of the mass shootings that have occurred and the continual <laughs> ignorance of, <laughs> oh my God, gun control. Sorry, I'm going like totally off on a tangent. I think just because, because right now all I am seeing in my head, everybody has seen like the images and stuff. But I lived in a house at the time where I could see the Empire State Building and the towers from my house. So when I got home, I went out to look at the horizon where it was and I just saw those smoking remains. And that is an image that has stayed with me throughout my entire life. Cause it, it really wasn't, I shouldn't say it wasn't real, but it really didn't hit like sink in until I saw it with my own eyes, real, like realizing what had happened. Um, but I mean- it's just, and, and that, that day it, it was very, it was, I, I, I have, I honestly have no words for it. I, I don't know what to say.
0: To bring it it back to like a baseball contest. (laughs) No, no, no. I just I think that with regard to the performativeness of the ceremonies, I think that now that we're removed from this, I think you know, the Daily Beast deserves a lot of credit for the coverage that they did about Carlos Delgado and his reaction Mm -hmm. to 9-11 and the events afterwards and how he refused to be a participant in the jingoism that followed yeah and he got a lot of shit for that he got a lot of shit for that and he was right yeah he was right and he had a lot of courage to take the right stance when everybody when there was so much pressure to you know just be like America is great everything is fine we're the best country in the world and mm-hmm. like he 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 wouldn't have it he wouldn't have it and he was right and so, he, re- he,
1: recognize- he recognizes that, no, we're not the greatest.
0: Right. So I think that, you know, we should recognize that there, you know, that Carl Delgado deserves credit for, for the way he saw things with clarity at the time, just like how one congresswoman from California voted against the AUMF and she was the only one and she got death threats and she was right because <sighs> he knew that this was too wide ranging this was going to be a war that would go on forever, given the way that the AUMF was written um, mm-hmm. to include, you know, basically anybody who they could connect back to 9-11, no matter how loosely it may be. And now we are where we are. And we, the, these ghouls brought in every time they referred to, they use the AM, AUMF for justification. It was and just, just so and Associated just Forces. S-
1: the a- the AUMF is the Authorization for Use of Military, Military Force Act of 2001 just for clarification in case anybody doesn't know what that acronym stands for
0: so you know like there were people like I think a lot of people like look back and you know hindsight is 2020 and say like no one could have foreseen people people did they were a minority Uh but they did and they deserve credit for for the courage that they showed and Carlos Delgado was one of those people he was not being performative he knew what was up (laughs) so you know
1: I mean, and we can we can play Mike Piazza's home run over and over and over and over and over and me, over I and over, over again. I get
0: really emotional when I think about it. But
1: it know. does. And it, it, it provides a moment of happiness and the ability to kind of move forward and see that there are still moments of joy in life. However, that does not address the major problems that exist
2: right. because of it. Well, Correct. If, from What I get from that is sports can be very healing because, you know, you're all there together. You're all, you know, it, it is pure emotion. Like in Allison, I even tweeted this to you the other day, like a rod's emotion going, Oh, 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 when Lenore hit the home run, like it's just involuntary because you get lost in the moment and yeah, it's emotion. But then also there's the other side of sports where there's the ugly side and the divisiveness of it and the performativeness to bring it back around. Like Fox, kept cutting into commercial. They had to make their money off of this, where back in 2001, it was just one long ceremony without commercials because they had respect for the moment. But this—it was every two minutes. Stop and start. Stop and start. Gotta get go in the commercial. Go in the commercial. Then you gotta hear a Rod talk. Then they gotta come back. Then Frank Thomas has the talk. Then they have a pre-recorded segment. Then back to commercial. It's like it felt like there was no emotional connection no. because there was no way to invest in it because it was stopping every two minutes. Right.
1: I mean, and yeah. I and I also think the the biggest signal was was what we mentioned before the Yankees and the Mets being united on the eleventh and then and fighting that, on the twelfth.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yep, yep.
1: Like just just baseball wise, that kind of like that kind of speaks to the tenor. Yeah, we can unite for maybe a few seconds, but again, there's root causes that can't be papered over.
2: Well, and then when I said this too. Like they didn't even mention Rusty Staub. No, which is oh criminal. My God. Which that is criminal. Is. How do you not mention Rusty Stop on the broadcast? Criminal. I mean, there are a couple people at the stadium who said he got mentioned at the stadium at least, but still. That's good,
0: but he should have been mentioned on the huge TV audience that was watching it. And I was going
2: to say, that's that's
1: something I think we'll get into in a little bit when we get to the baseball, the general baseball segment.
0: Yeah. Like a
2: piece of the survivor tree is at City Field because of his work. Mm -hmm.
0: Right. He deserves Can- to be front and center with anything having to do with the, with the Mets organization and their efforts. He's right. right.
2: as instrumental as my Piazza and Bobby Valentine, in my Absolutely. opinion. Absolutely.
0: hundred percent. Yes, hundred yes. percent. And um, I think the final, the, the final point that I'd like to make about this at least um, that I think is worth thinking about when we think about like sports and society and the role they play in society is that the people who like to scream about and like to scream in our, you know, podcast reviews about this, who like to scream about keeping politics separate from sports or, you know, whatever, keep Mm -mm. politics out of my sports. They are the Mm -mm. first to invoke the Piazza home run. They are the first to, you know, stand for the anthem at every single sporting event. I hate to break it to you, but politics are already inherent in your sports, like Mm -hmm. inherent woven in the fabric of our sports. So like, you can't, You can't apply that rule, you know, unevenly when you talk about keeping politics out of sports. What do you think? What do you think Saturday was?
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's the whole thing. (laughs) You want, but you don't want politics in baseball. That ceremony on Saturday should never have happened. That's it.
0: Correct. So it's just worth thinking about. Um, But anyway, the Mets came out of that emotional, exciting weekend. And fell completely flat. In their that was first my game.
2: issue too. Is I feel like that was the one Ugh. game they should have won, and they didn't win that one. I was like, because even in the sixth inning, like James McCann hit a home run, and it's like, oh, a catcher hit a two-run home run, like to give the Mets the lead. right? like, this is perfect. So of course they blew it. <laughs> right? It's Like, come on, they couldn't win the two of the, like the 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 anniversary game. They won the others. Like, I mean
0: whatever but it, and then they fell know, completely flat against the cardinals Ugh. in the first game out of that emotional weekend like you really think you know like the three home run Lindor game like that was one of the best games of the year and you come yeah. back and you get completely shut out by adam fucking wainwright again like you really like want to go back to 06 with this and like it's just it's just annoying and it, and like the at this point like obviously at this point every game is important because they are clinging to the edges of contention like they're still technically in it so they need Uh, to try to win every single game they possibly can so every game's important but the cardinals are one of the teams now the mets are closer to the wild card than they are to the division and the cardinals are one of the teams directly above them in the wild card very first chance to play a, a team that's directly above you in the standings and they get shut out and get absolutely embarrassed and clowned. Like, come on, man. Like, it's just, it's so frustrating. That's why, like, they just reminded you right off the bat in case you were ready to believe again why they're definitely not a playoff team. Like...
1: Yeah, my, my optimism from two weeks ago is gone. And, like, once they lost the Marlins series, I was just like, nope, that's it. They're done. I never
2: had optimism. <laughs> yeah, it
0: was just, you know...
2: um this is this is this was the oh the way it was always going to go, like it's just no. who they are at this poor they're five a hundred ball club that's just what it I is mean, really yeah, they're gonna finish DeGrasse. like eighty
0: one and eighty one
1: i mean since since really since DeGrom went down, I think that's really it that's where it should have i should have stopped hoping, and if you could fathom this <laughs> i i was looking up um i was um double checking my numbers for the um for the dollars for dinger tracker and jacob de still has the highest bur on the team by like a long shot pete alonzo <laughs> is second with 3.7 bur and jacob de Gram is number one is five bur
0: not surprised by that at all.
1: that's just
0: it's something um... i mean it says a lot Speaking it, of, it it
1: infuriates it infuriates me that he's still like he's not going to be able. To, he is not playing the full season. It's just yeah. stressful. But that leads us into our next
0: topic. Take it away, Allison. Yeah, yeah. So speaking of Jacob Degrom, there were a flurry of like injury updates. Um, uh, the most immediate one is that Tomás Nito's return. Like I wrote in my notes at the time, should return today because I wrote them in the morning. He has returned. He's starting today. Um. And Brandon Nimmo is progressing, quote, faster than expected because, of course, he is the Mets um, and could be back as soon as the Phillies series. And meanwhile, DeGrom and Syndergaard both threw off a mound, I think. Well, DeGrom definitely did. He threw 10 pitches off a mound. Um, And I know Syndergaard was expected to throw off a mound soon. So, like, the Mets are, it looks like they're trying to bring them back. In what role exactly? I have no idea. But I like the Mets are just like rushing them back, I guess, to like lay out down. September. I don't oh, yeah. know. It's, over, it. I mean,
2: it's, it's,
1: it's heartbreaking, but shut them down. Let them heal up a little more. Oh, runs in, <laughs> in play runs, runs! <laughs> in play <late laughs> runs. Well, the bases are loaded with one out right now because so it's probably I think a sack fly. <laughs> uh, Ponce de Leon, hey. uh, like he walked Strowman, he walked the v- uh, VR and he walked Lindor. Hey, oh, know, is this you are right linda it is yeah, a sack okay. fly
2: hey Please. that you is not thought they were getting hit. but it's a
1: sack fly it's the sack fly that gave him the lead so. that is
0: more than they've been we'll able take to do it. mostly like they had one that's of the fewest sack fly totals in the league and it's because they literally couldn't even do that with runners in scoring position yeah so at this point even that's an improvement um so yeah, sadly they are. I mean, like whatever. Like I guess it'll be fun to see like Jake and Thor at the very end, but like why?
1: Like, I'm just trying to enjoy this season for what it is. Yeah, and not I'm and just shake off the expectations at this point.
2: Yeah, okay. which uh, is a shame. Well, and they said Syndergaard probably would have been back earlier if he didn't get COVID. Yes,
0: I'm less worried about it with Noah Syndergaard than Jacob Degrom because. Um, with Noah Syndergaard you have to make the decision about the qualifying offer and with Jacob DeGrom mm. obviously there's no such decisions to be made so um, I understand it a little bit more with Noah Syndergaard but yeah it is what it is um, anyway this that was going to be our Mets segment for today but hmm. there was breaking news right before we recorded this podcast um, which is that Sandy Alderson will quote Absolutely stay on as Mets president in 2022, Uh, sources tell Tim Healy of Newsday. Um, Apparently, he's going to be, quote, more on the business side of things, according to um, Mike Mayer of Mets Mesmerized. But, um, yeah, so we, that's a thing. So... So are they not
1: hiring a general manager next year? And he's just going to be the de facto no, pseudo. No. They're
0: going to hire no. a general manager. He's going to be president of baseball. operations. It's going to be the same thing that like that they had in mind for this year, which is that they had Until- hired Jared Porter to be GM with Sandy Alderson as president of baseball operations team president and then at the like, yeah and then that got messed up and then Zach Scott was acting GM under Alderson until that And that got shot. got shot and now Sandy's doing everything he's being he's GM and president Ugh. of baseball operations and his son has a bigger role because you know Sandy's having to do everything so the the plan is to like have a GM that operates under Sandy but San- but the idea is that Sandy at least the, the indication of Mayer's tweet saying he's going to be, quote, more on the business side is that it's not going to be the same thing that they thought was going to happen with Zach Scott, where Sandy was sort of training him to become the full GM, because that was kind of the original plan. And now it's clear they're not going to do that, given the um, given the drunk driving issue. Um, and so, like, this is probably, they're probably going to look to hire a more, you know, established gm <laughs> who knows if they can attract such a person um but at this sandy's point. still going to hire given
1: enough money yeah. yes they and will sandy
0: will be the high sandy will be doing the hiring which is the big problem because you yeah. know his track record with this so sandy's going to do the hire of the gm and then the idea is that sandy's going to be president of baseball operations like doing the business side and he's going to let the gm like he's going to be not involved not as involved in the day-to-day operations and the gm is going to take care of that like that is the spoiler alert
1: this is bad all around but
0: like have you learned nothing like nope like how can you like and the and the exact like way the tweet is worded let me go back to it because the way the tweet is worded is infuriating and like not i'm not this is not me knocking tim healy i'm sure he's like just He's just relaying what he was told by the source.
1: He is the messenger. So
0: he's saying, Sandy Alderson will, quote, absolutely stay on as Mets president for 2022, source says, giving him a second try at shaping ba- the baseball operations leadership. He doesn't deserve a second try. What what has he done he to deserve us a second three. try? He's had,
2: this is like his fifth try at this point. Mm-hmm. Seriously. There is no second try here.
0: Second this try. This is like, this is
2: his... Um,
1: People forget he was the general manager before this, too.
0: Right. Yeah. <sighs> like, what try What try number are we on now? It's not the second one. <laughs> it's
2: definitely not. I was going to say, he definitely, in his first go-round, he definitely hired Mickey Calloway.
0: Yeah. Like, <sighs> I was going to say, when, since, wait, he was 2010 he came in? Something like that. Yeah. So he's he's been around
1: for a while, and, uh, and, uh. We only have really like two good years to show her that.
2: Again, that you can point to the Wilpons, but how do we know at this point? What has he done to earn this? Like, can you point to one thing he's done in both of his 10 years? They made the playoffs twice, sure.
1: I was going to say Jacob de but no, that was Brody Van Wagenen that signed Jacob deGrom.
0: Yes, it was Brody yes. Van Wagenen that negotiated that extension. Well, it was. My God. Oh, Kellyanne, it was not Brody Van Wagenen. He was recused. Oh, that's <laughs> oh. right. Oh, yeah. It was his regime. Sure. It was his regime. Yeah.
2: yeah. It was his regime. <sighs> but you, I mean, even the playoffs, it was like. If Cespedes doesn't play out of his mind, you even make the playoffs like you got lucky. You wanted Carlos Gomez. Cespedes was the fallback. I just what has Sandy done to merit this outside of the multiple scandals? Just the performance on the team doesn't warrant it on the field doesn't warrant it.
0: I just I don't understand. Like. This just it's just so freaking disappointing because it's, it's deflating. That's it's what so deflating. Is. It's so abundantly clear that this team has no interest in changing the culture, let alone no. changing anything about how they operate. Like, yeah. again, I would like the Uncle Stevie stands to point me to what's different about his ownership. So far, it's the Francisco Lindor extension, which the Wilpons probably would not have done one thing. What else is different? Otherwise, they are operating the exact same way that they would if the Wilpon... But then trashing
2: your superstar is right out of the Wilpon playbook.
0: Absolutely is. Absolutely is. Blaming, you know, handing down harsher words to your players for doing a thumbs down gesture than your drunk driving acting general manager. That's Wilpon 101. It is. That's Wilpon 101. (sighs)
2: So, no, literally nothing Steve is said.
0: And Steve Cohen looks at this, looks at everything that's happened this year and said, "Yep, this this is fine. He deserves another chance." See,
1: uh, to me it's it's like it's almost like Cohen's not taking this seriously.
0: Oh, he doesn't care. He's not.
1: Which is frustrating cuz he's a fan. And you and like you one would think, one would think as a fan who now has power, they would make better decisions and good decisions, but as we can see, that's not true.
2: Like I get, I to play devil's advocate. I get not wanting complete chaos and having somebody who knows, you know, who can carry you over. Planned, yeah, who can carry you over from you know year to year, so you're not starting completely fresh where nobody knows anything. Like Which where I you think- bring a whole bunch of new people and you're basically starting from scratch. Like I mean, I, I think that, that was the intent, but- maybe. Hopefully, yeah, that's probably the intent. And but... it fell to pieces. Yeah, but there's got to be like Steve Cohen's got to have some more knowledge than coming in as a newbie, like he did last year, where he's not just completely on his own.
0: And also, there there are other people than Sandy Alderson, Sandy Alderson, mm-hmm. or like, like he's you not know... the only person capable of doing this. Yeah.
2: There's got to be other people in the front office besides Zach Scott and Sandy Alderson. And didn't they revamp the, some of it? Didn't they bring in other people?
0: Yeah, they did. I mean, they expanded the, like, analytics department and certain aspects of the front office, I think. Yeah, but so like, still some people well. there. And I don't know. The, like, all these names that were floated last year are coming back around again, and it's kind of just like, like you could get these big names that you wanted. Just like I talked to, I, I was on a, for all you kids out there over the weekend, uh they had their 300th episode and I was on and we talked about this. Like if you want the big name executives, just pay them more. Steve yeah. Cohen can afford to do that. Just give them more money than, give Stearns more money than the Brewers are currently paying him. Give Neander more money than he's being paid by the Rays. Give whomever more money, like, like that's. They keep saying that they're getting turned down by these guys, but just like you can throw money at this problem fairly easily.
2: Yeah, isn't that the whole point of having the richest owner in baseball? Yeah, like, like why are we acting like we're we're not? What's the? I I don't get what's, we might as well keep the Wilpons at this point if you're just going to act like them.
0: Yeah. And
2: At so, least you know what you're getting with the Wilpons. Like, okay, we're gonna have a circus. I I, I understand that. But here, you don't know. Like, it could be a circus. It might it not, not be. It but just, it's
0: just, it's you like don't the know. Devil you
2: know. Yeah, you don't know.
0: It's just so frustrating that, like, everyone was, like, the dawn of a new era and then, like, it was literally the same Mets shit that's been happening our whole lives. I
1: like, won't lie. I was very against the Steve Cohen Ownership takeover. Well,
0: Arod would have been a disaster too.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah was, I, had, had J I
1: think I was gonna say it would be it would have been a disaster in a different way.
0: Yes, probably.
1: But not see, not like I think it would have been a disaster from a PR standpoint, not necessarily from a baseball standpoint. I could be totally wrong, and just and it's a hypothetical. We don't know.
0: But technically, A. Rod is a fan too, just
2: like Steve Cohen is a fan. And, look and at given how well the that's like
0: amount out. of dumb baseball things he said on the broadcast, yeah, that's past, true. Like recently, like I, I have no confidence that he would be like you know hiring the right people or making the right decisions about the um, direction that a modern front office. Wasn't
2: should he going to bring yeah. in Barstool too? Oh God, that's yeah, right. That's Never right. mind. I take that back.
0: Yeah, but I still, I don't. Without that, I had literally blacked I that think, out of my memory. The whole
1: the whole thing with that was like again kind of a devil you know situation. I'd rather take a Rod who like we know is kind of is a schmuck than Steve Cohen who has done financial crimes and ugh, can't handle this team thus far.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like this is just the, the Sandy Allerson news is really deflating. It just yeah. shows that they have like no interest in changing anything whatsoever ever.
2: And we're just gonna get <laughs> uh, more more, like, quotes of, yeah we're, we're looking at our hiring practices, you know, we're, we're reviewing things, but it's- We're gonna all... do better background checks. Yeah, it's all just lip service. There's, yeah. there's nothing changing.
0: Can't wait to see what sex pests they hire next.
2: Yep.
0: um Anyway, um, we alluded to this during the earlier part of the segment, where he talked about the Fox broadcast and national broadcasts, um and Linda mentioned the call on the third Lindor home run, and like I think that this is like a conversation that is interesting to have about like national booths more broadly, not just when it comes to the subway series um but I was thinking about the value of local booths during that Francisco Lindor three home run game because like Gary Cohen's call of that would have been like legendarily good um. But to give, you know, Matt Vaskirjian credit, um, his call on the Lindor home run was actually okay because of his passion. He did the, like, classic, the Santa Maria that he does, which is fun, (laughs) I like that.
2: Yeah, Um, it was fine.
0: And that's lacking on a lot of national broadcasts, and even, you know, like, I am not excusing the like really dumb stuff that A Rod said on that broadcast about like, I like A Rod. I don't want to hear what you have to say about cheating and sign stealing because oh, yeah. you're literally Alex Rodriguez, the king of cheating. Um, but you know, that aside, and his like weird like feelings about home runs aside, it's like you were literally given all that money because you hit tons of dingers. But anyway, um, like at least he and Matt Vasgersian showed, you know, emotion and passion for the game like they were excited about the Lindor home run and they should have been because it was an exciting moment and I just think about like how like much that was contrasted with the 2006 NLCS Andy Chavez catch call on the national broadcast where basically like they were just like oh that was cool and like Gary Cohen's radio call he just like had an aneurysm basically on the broadcast and so like I just think that having dudes like Joe Buck and John Smoltz, who like clearly are either aloof at worst and like, or at best, and at worst, they like outright have disdain for baseball, like that's what's worse for the game yes. than uh-huh. like ignorance or like A Rod saying dumb things on the broadcast, which is annoying. But I will still, and this is saying something, I will still take that <laughs> every day over John Smoltz. Even if I think that, even if I think that John Smoltz is probably more knowledgeable than A Rod on the whole. Like, but the way he just, like, hates how baseball is now and complains about it all the time and just has no passion in his broadcast, like, that just totally sucks as a view. He comes off
2: as very smug, like, I know better than you, and you just have to accept that I'm smarter than you, and, like... I don't know. This is my issue with Dan Brown novels. He always comes (laughs) off as I know more than you and you're dumb and I'm so smart. Look at me. And it's just very condescending. Like John Smoltz is the Dan Brown of
1: (laughs) title of the episode.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, this is a Dan Brown of broadcast. Like you-
2: <laughs> no, like he's like impressed with his own brilliance, and none of us like dumb viewers can ever compare.
0: Yeah. And that it's just like us. like we need, I mean, like, you know, there are so many problems with national broadcasts, but I know that they're I know that we're not gonna get rid of them. And in order for like baseball, you know, to grow and not be so like Parochial, I guess is the best word to use. Like, you need to have like ESPN Sunday Night Baseball, whatever. But I think that, like, your local
1: broadcasters on.
0: I know. They should have, have local them. broadcasters on. And MLB needs to get rid of the goddamn blackout. Oh, my
1: God. Do you yes. ever?
0: Because that is what is like, that's what's the keeping game. the game from growing. Is like, everyone should be able to hear the Gary Cohen call of that Lindor mm-hmm. homer, and everyone yes. should be able to hear it. You know,
1: and that also like distressed me because Gary Keith and Ron were just they kept saying it all year long. We're waiting, like maybe this will be Lindor's signature moment. Maybe this will be the Lindor's signature moment. And of course, when he has his signature moment, they're not on the call.
0: I was like, really?
1: Of course that's the way it is. But oh. That's the other distress, the big distressing thing for me. See, I don't, I didn't, I have no idea. I'd mute them. I watch it and I mute the broadcast because I know I do not like the national broadcaster. So I'd rather watch it on mute.
2: Although yeah. I have to say, um, in hockey, the first, I think, two rounds of the playoffs, you get your local guys. So do you know how comforting it is to have your local guys mm-hmm. calling playoff games where it's like the most stressed you've ever been in your entire life. But it's like, I know that voice. Like, we're, we're going to get through this together. Like, no matter what happens, win, lose, or draw, we're, we're in this together. And it's it makes a big difference because they know the players. They know their stats. They know the game. They know, you know, they know. They, they love the game. They love the game. They love the team. Like, and we're kind of you know, we're lucky that well, at least in Gary Keith, and Ron's that they're not I mean, obviously the ref fans, but they they'll call it, they'll they'll be excited if the opposition does something too. And you know, the Rangers guys are like that too. So I well, cause what they do is they have like a national broadcast that will broadcast the game, and then for the local guys, then they'll broadcast it. So it's basically um so you you know other people aren't missing out it's not just you getting the game like they'll still mm-hmm. broadcast it nationally too so it's i wish baseball would do something like that. i would love to hear gary keith and ron call a playoff game we oh. get ron
0: sometimes we get, ron, we get ron, sometimes.
2: ron and also the mets would have to make the but, playoffs there is that also caveat, i but. was gonna say but the other thing is ron Ron's good on, on the playoff baseball, but it's
1: not the same. There's, there's just this chemistry chemistry, with with Gary, Keith and Ron. And again, Mets fans are spoiled because Gary, Keith and Ron are the best in baseball. Just generally, this is not, well, maybe I am a little biased, but I don't think I am because people who are not Mets fans say that they're fantastic.
2: I mean, they're always nationally ranked when they do the uh, the broadcast. They're always like one or. Two or three, when you know they come out with the broadcast ranking, so it's not just us. I was gonna say, and I think they're since Vince Scully has retired, they're now number one. No, the Giants are one.
1: What, yeah, yeah, really. But speaking of the Giants, I would like to watch them (laughs) since you know who's on that team right now, Wilmer Flores. I would like to see him, except I can't because of the blackouts,
0: yeah. Um. But, uh, so our other, um, baseball update this week is, um, there has been like some new developments since we last talked about this, about, um, minor league treatment and pay and Robert O'Connell had an excellent article in baseball prospectus, which I will link in the show notes and the tweets, um, that about you know they they spoke to several minor league players and it's a a lot of them is just a lot of it is just like more anecdotes about like the really like shitty conditions that they have to deal with and you should read it because like every single one of these like stories is worth reading um and we shouldn't become numb to this because it's important um but what i thought was the relevant passage of the article and i'll read it is The presence of the advocates for minor leaguers players said has helped matters. At least five major league teams have begun providing their prospects in housing in season housing stipends. And five have also agreed to provide back pay for minor leaguers who stayed in extended spring training instead of heading to an affiliate out of camp, a windfall of more than $3,000 more broadly teams know that severe enough dereliction of their responsibilities to players could now result in bad press but case-by-case outcries solve only so much the advocacy group is so far behind player one said it's like a tug of war we have so little traction more and more people are jumping in to help us gain that traction but the business side of things is still holding strong so i think that that paragraph makes a really good point in the sense that like the advocates for minor leaguers is doing really good work and they deserve a lot of credit for that work and they deserve to be amplified and, you know, like listen to, and you should follow them on Twitter and see what they're up to. But like, they're kind of just like, it's, it's putting band-aids on like leak a leaking boat, right? Like every little hole, but it's not going to stop the ship from sinking. Like these are just temporary fixes. You need to overhaul the entire system. And like, doing this on a case by case basis is a way for the teams to just say like look at this little like breadcrumb we've given you aren't we so awesome without like fixing the overall problem right so that's worth keeping in mind when we talk about this that you know just giving the players back pay yes they should be doing that that's good but like they should be just paying their players a living wage mhm mm-hmm. yeah like um Yeah, it's it
2: helps them now, but what about all the future minor leaguers? Right. It's not going to change.
1: Don't just paper over the cracks. Exactly. You got to root out. You got to dig up the foundation and start again. Exactly. And build something sustainable and fair.
0: Exactly. Which relates back to the Mets because... The Mets are clearly trying to fill cracks because it's just like you can hire a GM, all you, a new GM all you want. You can, fire new, you can fire your GM and hire a new one. But until you fix the foundation of what's wrong, you're going to keep having the same problems over mm-hmm. and over and over again. And they've learned nothing. <sighs> um, anyway, we will end the show. Walk-off <laughs> <laughs> <block> wins. <laughs> oh, wait, Aaron Lewis just struck out. No, before we do walk-off wins, wins, I'll do something even more happy, which is that I'll (gasps) be the winner live on the podcast. So we are going to do, hopefully this will work. I'm going to do like a random number generator for like the row on the spreadsheet and whoever like who's ever pledges in that row of the spreadsheet that the random number generator draws will be the winner so let's see random number generator it's very fun how you can just like google these things now yeah minimum minimum four actually i'm gonna skip four and go to five because i'm row four so and i'm not eligible because i'm not giving a prize to myself i was gonna say if it's
1: 4 12 minimum 31.
0: who's in the very who's the very last row 59. 59 so we're gonna do minimum five maximum 59 and we're gonna do a random number generate 43
2: who is 43
0: (gasps) chris palmer you are the winner of our random prize i'll dm you on twitter congratulations chris palmer i'm gonna do a little highlight on my spreadsheet so i do not forget you are the winner i will unhighlight it later but for now you're getting a nice little i'll do like a very a very subtle shade okay that's yeah i was in, I was in there working on it too there you a go A very nice subtle shade of like slightly darker gray that i'll get rid of later um but that's just to mark it so that i remember who the winner is but congratulations to chris um i will dm very you exciting. um on twitter from the a out of their own account um you've won a fun prize and we'll we'll talk offline but Congratulations to all of our our pledgees for getting us to over $5,000. Thank you all so much. It's not too late to make a pledge, by the way. You can make a pledge during any time of our fundraising period um so our our spreadsheet is linked at the top of our twitter uh, in our pin tweet um if you need it some other way um if you're not on twitter reach out to us by email by email own at gmail.com i'll get you a link to that spreadsheet or you can just email us what you want our pledge to be and i'll put it in for you um it's not too late to pledge we can we can back calculate it for you um So, keep pledging. Um, and we are excited to get to 10,000, at which point we'll do another fun giveaway. So, yeah, let's get there. Let's get there. And everybody come to our event September 25th, 5 p.m. Catch Astoria Queens, be there, be square. There will be more fun prizes to bid on. So, get really excited like, really fun prizes, like, really cool stuff, custom made Mm -hmm. stuff, stuff you won't be able to find anywhere else mm-hmm. um to get and really excited. poopoo
2: take hats poopoo take hats
0: <laughs> who doesn't want a poopoo take out they're sold hat. out by the way so you like can't even get that online mm-hmm. right now. sold out well, we so have two we have two of them <gasps> so come get them come get them while they're hot <laughs> <laughs> come get the takes while they're hot <laughs> oh my god um so yeah thank you all so much uh those of you already pledged we're so excited to see how high our, our total can climb keep pledging we can't wait to see you on the 25th Um, And we will continue the happiness to end our show like we always do with walk-off wins where each of us talks about something that is making us happy this week, baseball related or otherwise. Kellyanne Healy, what is your walk-off win for this week?
1: I started graduate school two weeks ago and I am having a blast, even though all my classes are online and I'm usually not an online class person, but I'm really enjoying my classes. And I'm a little surprised at how, not overwhelmed and not nervous I feel about this and usually if I'm writing discussion posts or papers I feel like I'm bsing well my first go around I felt like I was bsing my way through a lot of it and I don't feel that this time around which makes me really happy
2: (laughs) you (laughs) totally got
1: this Killian I got this and I'm I'm having fun and I'm enjoying the dialogue with my cohort I'm enjoying dialogue with my professors it's really it was a good decision to go back to grad school
0: (laughs) 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 that's good (laughs) Um, Linda Servich, what is your walk-off win for this week? Uh, my
2: walk-off win, well, as you know, I was having issues with my apartment, but at the same time, um, Toyota kept calling because my lease was coming up in November, so, and I was like, I can't deal with both at the same time, like, <laughs> one crisis at a time, please. Yep. Um, and it's a Mariano Tor- Rivera Toyota. <laughs> oh, oh man. ooh. ooh. I went to go talk to Mariano, um, but and actually his son did sell me my first car, um, Mariano Rivera Jr., who looks exactly like Mariano. Um, That's fantastic. I don't know if I told this story, how I got to dig in about David Wright walking off against his dad. Oh, no,
1: I haven't heard this story.
2: <laughs> so we were driving. It was 2018. So I think that was right around the time um right was announcing his retirement or no it was when he had just retired because i got it in november so you know we were just talking and he goes oh so you guys yankee fans i was like um no <laughs> no <Nope. Nope. laughs> i was like am i allowed in like uh, i don't know and uh so he was like no no i don't mind the mats i like david Wright." and i was like oh you mean the one who walked off against your dad <laughs> <laughs> i like i remember like i remember we were taking it to the desk for a test drive and i'm driving and he's sitting in the passenger seat and he goes i know i know i'll give you that one so it, it was it was it was fun to you know just talking baseball with him but um so my three years later my lease was up and apparently there is a big car shortage inventory right now oh yes because because of the um the microchip the microchips yep, yeah computer chips so they they're all being just...
0: used for the vaccines. Oh, <laughs> <boy>. <laughs> oh
2: right. <laughs> they're all in- that, that was a joke. That was <laughs> a joke. Was... I,
0: so like you know. you... <laughs> I like how you know that was... attention, listeners, <laughs> that was a joke. A joke.
1: <laughs> if you can't tell by my excessive laughter. <laughs>
2: So, so they just kept pounding me and they're like, we can't guarantee inventory. We, but I had my purple RAV4. Who drives a purple RAV4? Purple is my favorite color. So, I was debating. You drive it, Linda. Yeah. So, it was the, the best color. It was, yeah, it's my favorite color. Like, I wear purple all the time. And now I had a purple car. It was perfect. And so, I was debating about turning it in or like extending the lease or buying it outright. And, um, so they gave me all the options of like getting a new one compared to like what my payments would be if getting a new one. And it was it was minimal. And um, so then they were like, oh, we have a surprise for you. I was like, but and they're like, um, for the same price, they hooked me up. Like I have leather leather steering wheel. I have heated seats. Heated seats are the
1: best. I have a heated steering
2: wheel. I have a sunroof. Um it's a hybrid, so I'm saving Oh my god, I love that. Oh uh, and because oh. he was like, why don't you just take it for a test drive? Because it's called like the RAV4 Prime. It's like Optimus Prime. <laughs> like that's all I could think of. Um, and so he's like, just You're take it for a, a test transformer. drive. Yeah. So I turned it on. He goes, okay, go. I was like, what? And he was like, go. I didn't even know the car was on. It is so quiet. Like it was the smoothest ride. I fell in love with it after I test drove it. So it broke my heart a little bit. But I gave up my purple car. And so now I have this black optimist pride. <laughs> 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 and like they're like, oh, you can like walk out of here today with it. I was like, really? So yeah, they're like they're gassing it up and giving it a wash and wash and you'll be good to go. So I walked in and I walked out and I was like, but I'm not ready to say goodbye to my purple. <laughs> but they're like, you, they're like, in a week you'll forget all about it because it really is fun to drive and I am really happy with it. But you know. It it did. It broke my heart a little bit because I picked up that car two days before that freak snowstorm we got in November. <gasps> and I swear that's the only reason why I got home. Like, that car literally saved me. So, but they promised me this one's safe. This will get me home in the snow, too. So... So I'm excited. I am excited that, you know, I have like all these bells and whistles now. Like I remember like my boss was like, was that your fancy car in the parking lot there? <laughs>
1: No, the heated heated seats are the yeah. best. And I've
2: always wanted the butt warmers. So I, I was like, going to say
1: not just butt warmers. It's when you're lower back and yes, you're cramping up.
2: Yes, when you have PMS, yes, It's oh, the best. I know. I've, I've, that was one of my things. I really wanted the butt warmers when he said, and even the people in the back have butt warmers in those. Ugh, so oh, my God, so that's, oh, my God. If you drive in my great. car, you're guaranteed a butt warmer no matter where it is. <laughs> So I'm still, you know, trying to figure out all the bells and whistles. And no, you're gonna, I, you're gonna
1: love it yeah. when you're, you're PMSing. Yes,
2: yeah, So with yeah. the lower
1: back, it's yeah. so it's amazing. And I
2: have lumbar support too. You <gasps> can really, you can, and I have a bad back. I was like, whoa, because he was like, okay, sit there for a second. He's like, I, I, I can show you something. And like all of a sudden, I was like, oh. that's
1: fantastic yeah good luck if i was up there i would throw change in the back of the seat
2: yeah i need i need somebody to throw change but so i just have to figure out how to charge the thing too Um, do you have like stations by you yes there's one right down the road from me um in stop and shop in the stop and shop parking lot so i figure i could just plug it in and go food shopping i've always wondered like how like do they if
1: they install something in your home
2: they said it's a regular that- plug. You can just charge it, really like a regular. Yeah, yeah, it's a regular plug. I didn't like. Know that. I can't because huh. I'm obviously in a complex, so I don't, I don't have a plug. So I'd have to go to like one but of the public ones. But if you park plugs, it in like yeah. a gr-
0: in your garage at your house, you can plug it into the outlet. And- yeah. Interesting. Or if you have
2: yeah. an outdoor outlet, you can just plug it right. Yeah, because it's one of the like the little three, the three pronged. Yep. Ah, cool. Yeah, cool. It, it takes longer if you plug yeah. it into your house than like one of those public charging um, stations. Yeah. yeah. yeah those are like, you know, obviously have more oomph behind them. Yes. Um, Interesting. But I didn't yeah, know that, so though. they said, yeah, you know, I don't need to do anything. They said either way, I'm getting 40 miles to the gallon on this. So
1: that's fantastic.
2: So I'm paying a little bit more than what I was paying for my old RAV4. But now I figure I'm saving a gas. So it probably
0: it'll make um, up for it
2: yeah probably is works out so yeah so long story short i got a new car <laughs> Very exciting.
0: we love we love it folks um good
2: luck thank and you and congratulations thank
1: you also new car smell
2: <laughs> yes oh that's the best yeah as soon as i got it i was like
0: <sighs> yes so good um so Austin, what is yours? My walk off win this week is um, kind of I kind of have two, but it's kind of like they both happened this weekend. So over the weekend, I went to my friend's bridal shower in Delaware. So that was just a really nice time. We like it was like very chill. Like we had a beer tasting contest and played cornhole and had a cornhole tournament. And it nice. the bridal shower. Like, That's awesome. Nice. Nice. Um so that was really fun. And then um, on Sunday, um, I ran the Cherry Blossom 10-miler here in D.C., and it was my first race since COVID. Um, so it was just nice to, like, get back out there. I had no expectations of myself because I really didn't train that well for this race. Normally, I, like, train really hard for races. Uh, this time, I was like, um, well, my goal is to finish because I, like, barely have run. Um, and I did. Um, I fell down with 800 meters left to go and skin my oh. knee and there was blood everywhere and I had to get seen by the medical tent but you know what oh, I finished and in my race photos I look really badass it's like extremely like Matt Harvey bloody nose energy like, <laughs> in my race photos like with like blood running down my leg like finishing the race so um, that was it, it was just nice to like get back out there you know like even though you know I had no expectations I ran really slow but like it's just a way to, like, get back into the swing of things from, like, before, you know, the before times um, when I used to be, like, good at running and was a runner and ran races all the time. Um, and, you know, the, the Cherry Blossom 10 miler is usually during, you know, Cherry Blossom season in April, <laughs> Um but this year, they didn't have it in 2020. They had a virtual version where you could, like, sign up and then, like, run 10 miles of, a, on a, like, at home, like, on a course of your choosing in your neighborhood, and then, like, like, log it, basically, through, like, you know, your running app or whatever. Um, I didn't do that. But um, 2021, they delayed it after, they delayed it from April to September, so it happened in september so now i'm signing up for 2022 and then it'll be april again and it'll actually be like with the blossoms out and everything because that's like a big part of it is like you are along the tidal basin in dc it's really beautiful because the cherry blossoms are blooming and it's just like a gorgeous race course just like so pretty and like helps you forget that you're like in pain because everything is so pretty to look at. <laughs> um, this, this time it was a little, the weather was perfect though. This time it was a little different. There were no blossoms. The trees were there, you know, with green leaves on them. Um, but you know, the weather was still perfect for running. It was like 68 degrees and sunny. It was like so nice. Um, So, you know, ran it with two of my friends. We had a nice time. It was just nice to get back out there. So that's my walk up
2: yay that's yay. fantastic yes and congratulations on finishing yes thank you thank yes you. yes I yes was
0: worried that i wouldn't but i did
2: but you did
0: despite falling said <laughs> um, that is pretty bad but badass. you got back up yes i did i did i'm so uncoordinated it's awful um i also noticed i was wearing my shorts backwards the entire time after i finished <laughs> the race i like looked down and i was like something's off about this oh shit. <laughs> like oh i hope no one notices that um it's fine you know batting a thousand going back into you know public the public is is a struggle these days i haven't worn real clothes in ages um but yeah so um in the meantime while you are you know waiting to go back in public <laughs> for whatever public activities you are resuming doing, you can go to AmazonAvenue.com, check out all of our fantastic content. We have game recaps. We have morning news posts. We have analysis posts. We have weekly meters. We have all the things for you um, as the Mets finish out their season, whether they make the playoffs or not, they will finish out their season one way or another. <laughs> um, and you can read all about it on AmazonAvenue.com. Um Check out um, amazing Avenue on all the different social medias. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Amazing Avenue. You can follow this show on Twitter at A Pot of Their Own. You can make a pledge for our pledge drive for our Dollars for Dingers pledge drive there on our Twitter. It's our pinned tweet. Check it out. Um, you can email the show, Own at gmail.com. If you don't have access to Twitter, you can email us your pledge. We'll put it on the spreadsheet for you. You can follow each of us on Twitter. I am at PhD. Where are you, Linda? At Linda Cervich. Where are you, Kellyanne?
1: At L-R-B-E-L-L-A-R-E-B-E-E.
0: You can find our podcasts, um, Amazing Avenue Audio, our entire suite of podcasts on whatever your podcast app of choice is. Please subscribe and please rate and review the show. It really helps people find it. The original intro and outro music to this podcast is by Bunga. Let's go Mets. And don't forget, there is no crying in podcasts.